So we're here to talk about Seaspiracy that just came out yesterday. Yeah, the naming sounds like cowspiracy, which is good to like hop on that trend, but definitely I mean a lot of the stuff uh, uh, we we probably knew, but a, a lot of it we didn't and also it put into perspective the hugeness, the daunting size of the ocean and its impact on us and our lives on the land and how dependent we are on it and how it's getting like strip mined to death and um once you're past a certain point of no return we can't live without it like we we can't live without you know they talk about deforestation of the rainforests and that's bad of course we need the rainforests to take in the co2 and to release oxygen but the algae in the ocean do even more of that and i didn't realize that yeah, I think also people are still living in this kind of state of denial. And they feel like out of there's this endless supply of fish in the ocean because the ocean's so large. But mm. there's so much exploitation of the planet to a point where we're at this level of no return. We're at a tipping point, and if something yeah. doesn't change, which unfortunately I don't see it changing <laughs> because it takes like... Uh, international political will, which there doesn't seem to be. Um, you know, the kind of the conclusion of this documentary is we're fucked, right? <laughs> I, I mean, unless everybody just decides to stop eating fish <laughs> and using products of the sea, we're all fucked. So the doc follows this filmmaker, his name is Ali Tabrizi. And mm. it first starts with this sort of fascination with marine life and aquatic life and the ocean. And it leads to many different steps and kind of a journey, kind of a, a loss of innocence mm -hmm. in some respects. Yeah, for sure. The one thing that really got me about the doc, and I hope everyone who's listening has saw it or is planning to see it, I think it's an important watch. It's pretty punishing to watch it but and and yeah. also i'm not crazy about the name i understand because the same producers who produced cowspiracy produced this one so they tried to keep a conspiracy concept right. i i think that the trappings of it is kind of a conspiracy it is a conspiracy but everything's in plain sight it is and it isn't yeah you know the fact that seafood is harvested by slaves like people slave labor that's not in plain sight that's try they try to cover that up um, the fact that if you open a can of tuna and you put the flesh under a microscope, you're going to find little pieces of plastic. That's not, that's in, you have to have a microscope. It's not plain sight. Uh, it's gross. Well, the, the other, um, the other part that I felt was just so devastating is all of these organizations yeah, that they're are set, yeah, are set to be environmental and to take care of mm -hmm. the planet. And they're just focused in on consumer behavior but they're not focused yeah. in on the industry and they're not focused in on the real problem almost like it's a uh, bait and switch greenwashing no it's blue washing yeah it literally these these organizations are funded by the fishing companies so they you know they slap on this little tick mark that says you know this is dolphin safe so how do you know it's dolphin safe? Uh, you, we took the word of the captain. You know, they paid us this money <laughs> to certify it dolphin safe, and then they told us 
that they didn't catch any dolphins. Therefore, it's dolphin safe. Yeah, that dolphin safe guy needs to go somewhere or go away. I'm shocked that he consented to the interview because it made him look so bad. (laughs) The two organizations that had interviews... The dolphin safe guy and then the sustainable mm-hmm. people that they look like they both look like they were running scams. And they were. I mean, they they were running a scam. They were not above board. Their seal has no credibility at all. That was a good point that you said about how they try to put this on the consumer. This is all your choices. Just like recycling, they say is, you know, if you don't just put all your bottles and cans in the recycling, like the environment, it's like, that is so minuscule compared to the bigger issues of like the corporate behavior. Just like we, they had that whole boondoggle about straws a couple of years ago, whereas a straw comprises like 0.03% of the plastic waste in the ocean, if not less, and then fishing nets comprised like 40% of the plastic waste in the ocean. So if they didn't do trawling and fishing with nets, there would like this huge garbage patch that we're all like, of course, we take some blame for it. And we shouldn't let our plastic go down storm drains, of course. But (laughs) why are they pointing their finger at consumers when it's like, I guess that's it's just easier for this to be like this moral purity test for each of us to do our part, you know, than to point our fingers at like a few multinational conglomerates who are actually responsible for so much of the waste. And I guess we're responsible for buying their products, though. Yeah, well, it's the government. It's also uh, the governments. It's also billionaires, the moves of large organizations, large companies that are working in concert with government. Remember the uh, uh, the Cove? Obviously, you know there was there was a movie called The Cove as well, based on that, uh, where they where they herd up the um, the dolphins, and there was definitely a a, a a a very solid relationship between the Japanese government, the fishermen, and the people that massacre the dolphins. Yeah, the police are in on it. The everybody's in on it in Thailand with the farming of the shrimp and the utilization of slavery. And I mean, Mm -hmm. just so you saw that it's not just a couple of rogue companies or rogue businesses. It's status quo. The cruelty where they they, they treat these animals is, is just so sad. It's like the equivalent of drowning us, right? They pull them out of the ocean and then they throw them on the ship and then they just let them suffocate. And it's like this horrible several minutes of complete terror and death. The documentary is actually very effective insofar as it approaches the issue from many angles. Uh, like I watched this with four people on a whole like spectrum of veganism. My, my um, girlfriend Jacqueline pointed this out. Like she watched it with me as did, you know, her cousin and um, her cousin's husband and so, like, her cousin isn't really that concerned about animal welfare, but she's, like, more concerned about the environment. So it, it kind of resonated her, with her from an environmental perspective. And she was like, after having seen this, like, I guess I can't eat fish anymore, which is quite remarkable. Jacqueline is bordering, you know, like, dabbling in being vegan. And obviously it resonated with her. The guy who really, you know, this is not his concern. He questioned some of it, but some of it did resonate with him. The documentary approaches the environmental issues, the ethical issues, the human health issues, the human rights issues. So it's like a whole confluence of 
problems. The solution is not eating fish, which is just so much harder, easier said than done. Note on the director, he was definitely an interesting character. But there was something that really I felt was very authentic about his approach. And it came from just subtle things that had absolutely nothing to do with the documentary itself. He was, well, I mean, it was part of it. But when he was in Japan shooting the 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 um, the dolphins being massacred, mm-hmm. and he had this big camera and long lens, and I can I can definitely appreciate that as a filmmaker. You know, he's he's in this you know area hidden. You know, it was similar to the Cove actually, kind of risking his safety because the police were following him around the whole time, and he still had the guts to do this. Yeah. But as he was shooting, he kept on wiping little tears off of the corner of his eyes. Hmm. And you could hmm. tell he was emotionally moved, affected by what he was. He wasn't just capturing something. He was overcome by the moment with emotion. And I, I felt like, okay, this is someone who's very passionate about what he's doing. And, yeah. I, I, and, and that's, you know, I, and, and that was early in the film. So I felt like that, you know, that he had me for the ride. You have to narrativize the information in order to keep someone's attention for two hours. Mm-hmm. You have to have a protagonist, you know, and they're like fighting the antagonist and they have a goal. You know, these are these are the aspects of storytelling that resonate with people. And uh, I'm all for it. I mean, the real protagonist is the planet. <laughs> yeah. And the protagonist is been... on the ropes. at the Yeah. Moment, apparently. Yeah. Tell me what surprised you. What did you learn from it that you you did not expect? Like you didn't know that before. The fishing industry is killing the ocean. Yeah. Like definitively, they are killing the ocean. There were just a lot of different aspects of how they're killing the ocean. And mm-hmm. there were so many uh, interesting infographic, uh, graphical, you know, um, depictions of w- how they're destroying the ocean. The emotional experience of them interviewing the Thai workers that were sl- enslaved. That was another like bombshell that I thought, I mean, I, I knew that there was issues, but just seeing it in a personal respect. They were even afraid for their life after they had escaped. They had to blur out their names and voices because they were afraid of being hunted down and killed for speaking out about this. Even after they were in like some kind of halfway house to protect them. The other thing that I felt was so surprising was the concept of sustainability, the fact that sustainability does not exist. And and for them to well, use oh, sustainability yeah. is just a marketing ploy. Sure. Because what, what they mean by sustainability is that you could go on and keep doing it indefinitely, which is great when it comes to like harvesting grain. But what it means in these terms is that they can just keep killing and killing and killing forever rather than killing and then extincting the species so um it's almost better not to be sustainable yeah the fact is that there is no sustainable fish oh they used a metaphor of like you put money in the bank and you only spend the interest you don't cut into the principal and yeah that is sustainability but that just means like you can continue the horror forever yay I also was kind of surprised about all these organizations that supposedly are doing good that are in bed with the fishing min- fishing industry. In the same way that the petroleum industry were the greatest lobbyists and proponents to encourage recycling, 
you know, because then it gives it, it gives them cover to just keep cranking out plastic products and just say it's on us to recycle them. Even though, like, for the most part, most of the things you throw in the recycling bin, spoiler alert, they don't actually get recycled. Um, so it, just like, you know, the all these fishing, the fishing industry can just band together and, call, you know, create this, like, so-called nonprofit to, like, police them and all that. And it's just so easy to get around the rules and pay whoever you need to pay in order to get your little tick mark so that consumers can pick up the tin and feel good about themselves. Yeah, they need to reach those consumers with this stock. If they buy dolphin safe tuna with that stamp that they're not protecting dolphins at all and... Over 300,000 dolphins die every year through bycatch. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, if you take anything from this podcast is uh, we both like wholeheartedly endorse this film and you should definitely check it out. <laughs> I, I was really not surprised. I guess, you know, it makes perfect sense. But it was interesting to see how there's like a chain reaction where when you have bycatch of these apex predators like sharks, you know, the sharks were keeping the next like the next type of fish down the line in the food chain in check. And so each type of predator on the food chain is exponentially eating a bunch of a bunch more fish. And then each of those fish are eating each of them a bunch more fish. So if you get rid of the apex predator, it overpopulates the next, you know, this ecological balance that it overpopulates the next fish down the line. Mm -hmm. And if you get rid of those fish down the line, you know, then you you end up getting rid of so many species because some of them get overpopulated and then they like can't find food and then they starve. And there's just a very fragile balance in the ocean. And so if you take out one interlocking part in this like ecosystem that evolved over millions of years, it throws the whole thing out of whack. Um, Like I didn't realize that, you know, so much of our oxygen is from algae and our algae are apparently dependent on whale poo. I I don't know if that's accurate or not. It just seems outlandish that like we need the whales for the algae, but like I guess you know we need the whales to fertilize the algae. The algae like gives us the oxygen. We're all so interconnected. Mankind has just gotten so big for its britches that you know we're just making so much rapid change. You know, reversing millions and billions of years of ecological development and with like the swipe of our our mighty hand we're we're just wiping things out and making huge changes that cannot be reversed i just can't stress more the idea that we have the the fishing industry industry is killing the ocean and if they continue doing what they're doing the ocean will die and if the ocean dies we die we are actually on track for destroying human life on this planet. And also any given fishing ship, they say like, we are not single-handedly responsible for destroying the world. It's just, it's like the tragedy of the commons. It's, it's only the accumulation of everyone from all these different countries competing for the same fish. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Interesting things also I didn't know. Apparently the part of the reason why they do that dolphin culling in Japan is because the dolphins are in competition with the fishermen to get the tuna. So they want to kill the competition off so that they can get more tuna for themselves and sell it for uh, you know, exorbitant prices for sushi and whatnot. If you look at the way the fish industry works... It's like a mafia. Trillion-dollar 
business and it affects all of our lives. I mean, I think about I think about how many sushi bars are just down the street from me. And it, it's a situation where people need to change their habits. They just need to look at seafood in a different light. Yeah, I mean, it's like a global crime cartel, right? They're they're involved in human trafficking. They've like insinuated themselves in government. They have like sham organizations and shell corporations. And <laughs> I mean, there's so you you know, it's so it's so much easier to commit a crime in the international waters. You know, they're literally like throwing people overboard <laughs> and like killing them because, you know, if it happens in international waters, like where's the jurisdiction? Out of sight, out of mind. It's it's mind blowing. When you go out into international waters, it's wild, wild west. It's cowboy time. It's whoever has the force makes the rules. And so yeah. there's definitely behavior that's abhorrent and is not being policed. And in a lot of ways, it's also being sanctioned by government. And they even showed an example of one whale culling that is totally transparent because they, they say it's fine, it's sustainable. Um, these pilot whales are not in endangered. So they like, they, they this is the one time they actually let the filmmakers just videotape it all because it's like supposedly perfectly fine. So he's like, okay, I'm going to show up and videotape it. And it just shows like all these people standing at the shore, like eagerly running in to, to chop off, you know, to like stab the, to, to, to kill these pilot whales with machetes and like the ocean is literally red with their blood and, and everyone's like this is all fine and dandy and then you know when you, we as consumers are not used to this it's like sh very shocking that this is something now they consider okay how about all of those dolphin deaths in france that are like were unreported mm -hmm. 10 times more that were killed in france than were killed in japan and it's kind of a situation where it's like if they can keep this under the radar and do this behavior, you know, no one no one really cares about it. I don't know. It, it's really um, it's amazing how this behavior continues. And everyone loves dolphins the way that you know you can sort of like like a film like Blackfish, you know, humanized or made made us feel for these killer whales, there could be the same kind of impact when you, when you think about how the fishing industry teach, you know, treats, treats these dolphins like they're either nuisances uh, to be eliminated or just accidental kills. The problem is that you see them in SeaWorld before you knew any better, and it looks like they're smiling because that's just the shape of their face, and they're doing tricks for for um, fish, and it's like, oh, it's just, you know, you're giving them fish. They love it. <laughs> like, they obviously don't love it. They're being sort of, like, forced to perform, and they're basically slaves. But um, you can't really tell just because they don't express their face. They don't have facial expressions like us, so it's, like, hard for humans to make that connection. I mean, and they're highly intelligent animals that we don't really even understand 100%. It's a very bleak situation that we're in, and I feel that it does kind of also illuminate how much in denial the world is about all this stuff. What can we really do other than we personally, you know, steer clear of any seafood product and we encourage others to do the same? I mean, unfortunately, maybe 
those lab-grown meats will help because then, you know, they'll create the shrimp in a lab instead of trawling the, you know, totally trawling the bottom of the ocean and making it dead. I know what I'm going to do. Tell everyone to watch this thing. I have a voice, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have, I don't know, maybe 4,000 Instagram Mm -hmm. followers. Not that I reach them all. Uh, I have people on TikTok, you know, not that they want to hear my Mm -hmm. message, but I'm going to put it out there. And I I think that that's what I can do. I can do as much as I can. I mean, I can change my behavior. I can corral my family to to not behaving Mm -hmm. a certain way as best I can, but I can have my voice get out there and that's what I, I mean that's all I can do yeah there's like a viral thing every if every one of us can turn like two people <laughs> eventually people turn but you know I don't know the future of our planet the future of my daughter's life uh, the future of you know subsequent generations to come uh, I think that th- those are more important than whether or not someone gets nice bluefin to the, the stakes sushi. are literally life and death for everyone. And in some ways it's, I mean, it's even more in, insidious than this factory farming because it's obscured, these people yeah. are kind of been obscured and hidden. They're not on land. You know, we can actually see what's going on when, with these factory farms. They may mm-hmm. put up fences, but we have zoom lenses and we have drones. But what happens in the sea, we don't know. We don't know what goes on. Also, it's international, so you can't easily just pull up a factory farm and put it in another country. But a ship can easily just leave, you know, if if one country is cracking down on them, there's like, okay, well, see you later. They'll just go somewhere else. The other thing that was kind of heartbreaking, too, was I think they were in Liberia. Mm-hmm. And these big factory... Factory boats. Yeah, factory farming boats put the locals out of business, and that's what led them to piracy. Yeah, the the locals can't get the fish that they always got for generations now because big bad industry is sucking up all the all the all the fish. And so it's kind of a thing where people suffer because of a few billionaires that are getting their desserts. All right. Well, so there we go. There we go. Everyone watch Seaspiracy. All right, young man. Well, thank you, sir. I'm always in awe of your intelligence and all the things that you uh, you bring the world. And uh, Patchy the Vegan Pirate salutes you.